0: Welcome to the Tune In with Marcy podcast, where we always know that being you takes so much courage. Where you're joined by me, host, intuitive coach, and healer Marcy Moberg, every week for eye opening, deep, real talk conversations on connecting to our intuition, personal power, the universe, and creating authentic relationships with each other. I want you to get ready for practical tips, inspiring stories, and answers to your burning questions, you know what they are, that keep keeping you up at night. Whether you're struggling with overcoming fear to follow your life's passion, or you're experiencing Groundhog Day with repeating unhealthy patterns, this podcast is for you, sensitive soul, so get ready to live your truth. A quick note. This podcast sometimes has adult language because these are adult conversations. So plan accordingly, whether that means turning it off when kids are around or using your earbuds and earphones. Now on to this week's episode. I can't wait for you to listen. Hey there, and welcome to this episode of Tune In with Marcy. I'm your host, intuitive coach and healer Marcy Moberg, and I'm so grateful to have you listening wherever you are tuning in from today. If you are a regular listener, you're like, Marcy, this episode is coming out a little bit later than expected. <clears throat> and I'm here to say, I know. <laughs> I know. There has been a lot going on. First of all, if you don't already follow astrology or you're curious about it, I recommend you might check it out. Uh, Two resources that I love is the first one is Jessica Lignado who is a astrologer, um, who I really, really love. And she has a podcast called Ghost of a Podcast. She has a great podcast. And I tune into her most weeks, I would say, and get a sense of what the astro- astrological energy is at play. <clears throat> in addition to Chani Nicholas, and I'll have the, the links to them in, um, in the notes And Chani Nicholas is an awesome astrologer. And the two of them are kind of like my go-tos when I want to get a sense of what the energy for the week is like. And the the reason why I like them and why I mention this now is that I find that astrology is just one tool uh, or one frame or one set of data amongst many that we can take in to understand what's happening In our greater inner context of our life, our inner landscape and our broader landscape in life. And so it can both give us insights into what's happening on the collective level and what's happening for us individually. And I'm just going to (laughs) say, as evidence with my dog barking in the background, which never happens for me when I'm recording, the last two weeks have been a lot. A lot. And having a sense of the astrology has given me some, like exhale around that, because there has been so much happening. And because there's been so much happening on an astrological plane, it is just giving me a greater context for what's happening in my personal life. And it doesn't mean that I feel like beholden, and like, I don't have choice or personal will. It just allows me to have more compassion for myself so that when things are tough, if I recognize that the astrologers that I respect and love have kind of mentioned that it might be a tough week or a tough season or something, then I can understand at least part of the collective energies I've been picking up. So yeah, there's been a lot happening, Um, some health things happening from my husband's family, like core family members. And then a bunch of health stuff happening for me. Um, you know, I have Lyme that I've been working with for a long time. And uh, I would say over the last couple of months, I've, I've had chronic pain issues for six years on and off and reoccurring injuries. It's what slowly over time started really dramatically changing my own personal yoga practice so that. I was doing much less of an athletic yoga practice and much more of a restorative yoga practice Um, and just kind of gentle flowing if, you know, at times. But recently I've been having a lot of chronic pain issues coming up, a lot of um, muscle spasms and like just muscles just kind of like almost gripping and going into full lockdown and then not releasing. And so it's been um, interesting to dance with. And as one can expect, I try to live my life a lot in flow and um, with some gentle planning along the way. But when things like this happen, it's like plans go out the window (laughs) And my old self, I mentioned this a couple episodes ago, but my old self would really um, my old self would really fight that and, and try to implement plans anyways. And so what that would look like in the past is that despite my intense pain, I would move things forward. or despite being really sick, I would show up to work. I mean, when I lived in Egypt, I contracted typhoid. And I attended, um, Arabic language classes with a temperature of 104 while I was sick with typhoid and my temperature would spike so much at night, um, that I would uncontrollably shake. So it's not nice. It's not good. Um, that's to give you a context of like where I was and how I used to treat my body and where I am today. And, um, And so this episode is coming out later than I was planning because I really took the time to pause and tend to my body instead of trying to overpower that pain. Um, so it's slowly getting better, but we're in the process of, um, exploring if there's something else besides just my Lyme that's active right now, like perhaps some underlying conditions uh, that are in parallel with Lyme. So that's a little context of why things are coming out late. Uh, I also share that with you because I part of I think, you know, part of where this podcast for me came from was wanting to really share a grounded, real, vulnerable, honest perspective on all things intuition and tuning into ourselves. And I think that um, I had a really wonderful session recently with someone who um, w- we were talking about kind of my my business and she observed that I am uh, what she called a light worker who can play in the dark. And I really liked that a lot. And it is really this sense that I, I feel that that is part of my mission, which is ties in very deeply to this week's episode that I do feel like I am here to bring a different perspective to the light worker, the love and light, the energy workers, the meditation teachers, the yoga teachers, the kind of the energy healers, the intuitives, like all that space, those seeking on a spiritual path. I, I really feel like I'm here to bring... Uh, grounded perspective because that's really been my path, and so part of that for me, I feel, is sharing when things like this happen for me. Um, as because as you'll see in today's episode, I all of us are human and we're we are, um, you know, like we're not infallible, <laughs> like we're human, we're, we're fragile, sometimes we make mistakes sometimes. And um, I feel like part of why I'm here to do this work is to, like, bring stuff down back to earth for us. So that's kind of where I'm coming from. And and why I share in this starting point. Okay, so during my last episode, I explored the very important topic of the shadow and how to start working with our shadow. I'm continuing to explore the shadow this week with a focus on the relationship between shadow work and our intuition. I'd really like to start this episode by telling you first a brief story about my own journey through intuition and shadow work. I personally find that like the stories of other people's experiences, I find those to be so grounding for me when they share them because they're not theoretical, right? They're, they're real. (laughs) And those have served as an important learning tool and moments for me in my own growth growth path that I think have really kind of helped me connect dots. So that's what I'm hoping to share with you today. And hopefully Juju chewing on her bone, (laughs) the background. (laughs) It's not too distracting. She's, um, she's not feeling well right now. Uh, She's gone through her own um, tummy health stuff the last like week or so. So bear with me. (laughs) So over time, what happened for me is that I realized that my intuition was very strong, but the hard part came with trusting myself and what came through for my intuition, right? So my intuition was really strong, but what was a challenge was trusting. So what this looked like is that I would have an intuitive knowing or a hunch about something, and I would feel it resonate inside of me like a hundred percent true in my bones. But then I would find myself soon after spiraling in these self-doubt spirals and pulling the truth that I had felt in my bones like a part. I would just like my self-doubt would just like ravage any sense of inner knowing into pieces. And then not only was that confusing, but as you can imagine, or maybe you've actually experienced that yourself, maybe you feel like you see yourself in my story. It's extremely painful when this happens. So this meant that I kept myself frozen often in a push-pull dynamic around decisions that were both simple and complex. So sometimes it looked like you know, struggling to decide what I wanted to eat for dinner to do I want to go to that yoga class to, you know, something bigger, like is my intuition asking me really to make a major career change. And then as I kept experiencing this push and pull dynamic, I knew something had to change. So I started doing some shadow work to work through the layers of self doubt when they would pop up. At first, this looked like, you know, developing a greater awareness of how I kept myself stuck and then compiling all of the evidence of all the many, 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 many moments that my intuitive pull was actually 100% spot on. And that's why I could trust it. So I compiled evidence for the part of me that liked to move into doubt around why I could trust my intuitive knowing. And later, this looked like getting to the roots, you know, so that's kind of how it started. And then later, I would dive in further in my shadow work to really get to the roots around why self-doubt was there in the first place. Why was it the first place that my mind would often go to? And of course, it had uh, a lot of layers to it. It was connected to my past. And that included both my present lifetime past, past lifetimes, ancestral past, P.S. By the way, next episode, I'm going to be diving into the role of past lives and ancestral healing in shadow work. So I'm pretty excited about that. So if you're like, you know, your ears are peaked as you're hearing me talk about past lifetimes and ancestral pieces around our shadow, then pay attention to next episode next time. So when I dove in further, what happened was. I needed to recognize how my past trauma in my childhood, my adolescent and my adulthood created these multiple layers um, that created this pattern of self doubt. I needed to recognize how subtle boundaries like intellectual and emotional boundaries were also transgressed in my life along the way. So that looks like people invalidating your feelings or people invalidating your ideas and your sense of your experiences. So when when that kind of invalidation happened along the way, that also supported a facilitated pathways for self doubt. And that was important, because it wasn't just obvious sexual and physical abuse that I have in my past that created self doubt, because that also is creates a lot of looping of self doubt when you have um, experiences with people, and they maybe either tell you that it's not, it's not bad, or they tell you the experience that you're in that's really horrible is good. Um, Sometimes that happens for people with um, issues around physical abuse or domestic violence. Somebody can say something like, well, I do this because I love you, which of course is ridiculous, but it really messes with your mind, right? So when you have these kind of experiences, or for my case, when I had these kind of experiences, all these little layers were, were seed plants for self-doubt. Um, and so it included these really horrible traumas that I had in my past, along with these like very subtle, 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 subtle moments over time um, that are kind of like more insidious. And those ways of people kind of in the past invalidating my feelings and my experience, my truth and my knowing led to these automatic patterns of self-doubt. So in other words, for me to truly learn to trust the clear, intuitive knowing I already had, I needed to acknowledge, reconcile and continue to practice not giving power to the self doubt loops that were deep in my cells. I needed to recognize how this mechanism at one point in time actually served to keep me safe. So with my trauma, kept me safe and how it was truly hindering me now in my present life. Right. So I needed to reconcile both as I was diving into the past. One point it served me now it no longer serves me. I'm sharing this with you because this is just one pattern that clouded my intuition and really tripped me up one pattern embedded in layers of my shadow and the layers of my subconscious and unconscious mind. And they would really trip me up every time I tried to get in touch with my own inner knowing and truth or when my own inner knowing and truth would pop up. And then I would like really another part of me would come through and kind of dismantle any of that knowing and truth. I needed to really recognize how this mechanism um, needed to be released. And this process taught me that if we want a sustainable relationship with our intuition, we need to do the uncomfortable inner work of moving through the layers of our shadow. And now because of that, I'm really passionate about the need for shadow work to actually tap into our intuition, not only because it grounds our trust, but because it keeps us clear of Spiritual bypassing. So what is spiritual bypassing? Some of you may have never heard of this term before. Some of you may be familiar with this. Um, Some of you may be like excited to to dive into this. The spiritual bypassing is a term that was introduced in the 1980s by this Buddhist teacher and psychotherapist, John Wellwood. P.S. His books are really wonderful, by the way. John Wellwood defined spiritual bypassing as the, quote, tendency to use spiritual ideas and practices to sidestep or avoid facing unresolved emotional issues, psychological wounds, and unfinished developmental tasks, end quote. So what does that that mean? It means that we can't skip the uncomfortable, sticky, and sometimes tough, sometimes downright difficult inner work of working with our shadow. If we want to expand, awaken, grow, spiritually connect, um, those are some words you might use. Some like some people like to use the big E word, enlightenment. I'm not a big fan of the big E word anymore. <laughs> um, but it's like it, whatever your spiritual path is, if you're on a spiritual and personal path of growth, whatever you're seeking is is only going to be really found if you move through the not so comfortable stuff, to be honest. I mean, let's be real. I've done my big fair share of spiritual bypassing in the past. That's why I'm talking about it right now. (laughs) It's also why um, moving around cycles of before I kind of got in touch with cycles of self doubt, I think I was in denial about how much self doubt was in my life. I had really great intentions when I would engage in spiritual bypassing for myself in the early years of my spiritual path, I was really devoted. And at the time I wanted to do whatever it took to just merge with the divine, whatever that meant. And for me, that meant focusing on only the positive side of everything in my spiritual connection. And sometimes I might even say I was a little bit of a bliss junkie is what I call it sometimes like a bliss junkie. Now there's nothing wrong with focusing on the positive. There's nothing wrong with focusing on your devotion and divine there. Those are beautiful practices. However, they become really unhealthy when that's like the only, those are the only pieces we have space for in our psyche becomes unhealthy. When we try to walk around these giant elephants of our inner room of our past, that's playing out in the present that we kind of keep bumping into anything that's unresolved, whether we know it or not, it's unhealthy if we only focus on, quote, unquote, the positive, and we only focus on, quote, unquote, "our, our, you know, connection to the divine, and we're avoiding the elephant in the room. Eventually, if we keep trying to walk past these elephants in our inner rooms of ourselves, then everything comes crashing down. That's my experience. And well, that's, that's pretty much what happened to me, thanks to my body's health falling apart over time slowly at first, and then rapidly later. And then for me, that meant that I experienced uh, a lot of health crises and a big upspike at that time of anxiety and periods of time where I think I would say I was probably a little bit depressed. And there was just like this huge backlog, right? If you kind of keep spiritually bypassing, spiritually bypassing, spiritually bypassing your emotional experience, you keep spiritually bypassing what's popping up for you, the fact that you're getting triggered, pieces that are unresolved from your past, Um, then you get a backlog. And eventually that backlog, my experiences, takes us down. And that's what happened for me. (laughs) Because as my therapist once said, you can't really outrun your unresolved past. Eventually it catches up to you sooner or later. Hey there, Marcy here. I just wanted to pop in and ask you, are you on my newsletter email list? If you're enjoying the podcast so far, make sure to hop on over to my website to sign up for my newsletter. This is the best way to always know when a new episode drops, where I first share my latest updates, exclusive offers, bonus content from time to time. And I announce my upcoming online and in-person workshops and classes. You can join by simply heading over to Marcy Moberg, my first and last name, M-A-R-C-I-M-O-B as in boy, E-R-G as in george.com to sign up. The link is also in the show notes. And I'm looking forward to joining a growing community of people and to connecting to you more through your inbox. I really care deeply about the people that follow my work. And I love to ask questions and give of them sometimes and give the opportunity for them to suggest topics for the shows, um, topics for classes they want to cover workshops, they'd love to see me host. So it's a really great opportunity to stay connected to my work. Again, that's MarcyMoberg.com. All right, back to our show. In addition to doing my fair share of spiritual bypassing with myself, I also received or experienced my fair share of spiritual bypassing as I've spent a lot of time in spiritual communities over the years. For example, I experienced spiritual boundary violations where spiritual authority figures, communities, and peers in those communities invalidated my own spiritual experiences, differences in ideas, and feelings along the way. Some people presented themselves as all-knowing, all the while they projected their unresolved past onto myself and others in the community through manipulative behavior. If you've ever, for example, had someone who was a a psychic or an intuitive come up to you on the street, in the grocery store, or where else? I don't know, anywhere (laughs) on your Instagram Like in social, in your social media inbox, this has happened to me before people offering unrequested information, psychic and intuitive, quote unquote, psychic and intuitive information that they have about you. Like, that's not cool. That's, that's a boundary violation. That's not operating within, um, boundaries that are professional and, and full of integrity. You know, Another one for me is, for example, I um, felt pressured to eat or fast a certain way as that was perceived to be more righteous, quote unquote, righteous, when my body was giving me feedback, actually, that I needed a very different relationship with the food that I was eating and, and what my body has needed for optimal health and vitality over the years has changed multiple times. But sometimes I've been a part of communities where what you eat, how you eat, when you eat, when you fast, etc., is treated as doctrine, which is fine, except for if there's this judgment that you're not following that, that then suddenly you're not righteous, you're not devotional. Like, again, this is very, it's a manipulative use of power. Another example is being told that If I just had more devotion in my my practice and my yoga practice, then I'd finally be able to become flexible enough for certain yoga poses and my body would finally open up. Well, I later learned after a lot of injuries that I have hypermobile joints. I have issues in my connective tissues that lead to injuries. Right now we're exploring whether I have some other conditions besides just Lyme like fibromyalgia. So, in other words, my body was literally not meant to go deeper into these poses. I was, you know, my body was not meant to go deeper into these poses. It wasn't a question of, you know, devotion and someone equating those two is, it's not okay. It's not okay. So, listen, everyone makes mistakes. Everyone makes mistakes. I've made mistakes. I don't know anyone that's been free of mistakes. If they think they're free of mistakes, that's like, should be a flag. (laughs) We're all doing our best. We really are. I do believe that. Um, And all teachers, this has, I think, been a really important lesson for me along the way. All teachers and healers and mentors and leaders, community members, therapists, you name it. People in different levels of power in spiritual communities, professional growth communities, They're human, they're fallible. And they make mistakes, and they have challenges, and they have a shadow. I have a shadow. All of us have shadows. And when we deny that, or we believe that we're fully transcended from that, that's, I would assert, a big act of spiritual bypassing. And it's not only harmful to the person that the the only the person themselves who's doing it, but it can be really harmful to people around them and create a lot of damage. So if anyone on your path professes to have any everything kind of like figured out, I'd say run. (laughs) I mean it like turn the other way. I think that people can have pieces figured, quote unquote, figured out or could have Insights for now that could be evolving later. They may have points of clarity that feel true for them now, but then again, being open to the fact that they could be evolving later. You know, this universe is far too vast and complex and ever changing. So I don't really believe anyone ever has everything truly figured out while we're here. It's just too vast. It's too vast. And I think that's part of the point. Like, there's meant to be some mystery here. And uh, that's part of the beauty of it. So, we've all, what I'm trying to say is that, you know, we've all probably spiritually bypassed along the way because let's face it, the shadow is uncomfortable and sometimes it's ter- terrifying to face. It's easier, quote unquote, easier <laughs> to deny and avoid what feels hard for us and maybe even sometimes to project our own shortcomings onto others. But it's easier until it isn't. And when it isn't, I mean that we all reach a burning point where we decide that attempting to walk through, around rather, <laughs> avoiding, ignoring the giant elephants if of our inner rooms, of our shadow, is no longer serving us and we're ready for something different. That's, that's when it's not working anymore. That's when it's not easier. There's this burning point as what I call it. There's a burning point that we all have. People who are stubborn, like me (laughs) may fall hard because maybe you, your burning point or threshold is like, you have to fall pretty hard to, to stop being so stubborn or maybe prideful. I think that was the case for me. There was a lot of sense of both love and compassion for myself of having there was a sense of safety of avoiding those pieces. And honestly, some of that, again, is connected to my trauma. And I literally had to do that to stay safe. You know, I had to avoid certain discomfort and difficulties. But now that I'm an adult, I need to take responsibility for those experiences. You know, I can't, Change what happened, but I am responsible for the circumstances and the consequences of what happened. So, as an adult, I had to decide and say, I'm not going to walk around those elephants anymore of my inner self. So, but people who are stubborn like me, it takes a long time for you to have the burning point. You got to fall pretty hard. Um, and then there's people who are maybe less stubborn or they have like a, a lower pain threshold whether it's emotional, physical, mental, whatever that is, and they decide to wake up sooner and and start to take some action. And I'm hoping that since you're listening to this, that maybe you're not at total burnout and um, you're sooner in your process or you're in the the process and this podcast episode is serving as validation of what you're doing. I mean, after all, that is why I've started my work in the first place was to really empower people to come more into a authentic, loving, and holistic relationship with all the pieces of themselves so that they could really stay connected to their inner knowing and the wider world around them as soon as possible. Like So that people didn't have to reach the same level of um, burnout that I had to. That, that's really my hope that we start to plug into ourselves sooner. So what are some signs that you might be spiritually bypassing? This is not an exhaustive list. It's just a, um, a list that I came up with that I have both witnessed and at times been the person doing. So, um, this is just some ideas to get you like to spark and get a sense of okay, am I trying to connect to my intuition, the intuitive world around me, the spiritual world? And maybe I'm forgetting this really, really, really big piece called my shadow. And I need to recognize that that's what's happening. That's not sustainable. So some signs that you might be spiritually bypassing is You only see the positive in in everything, like you only see the positive in everything and you feel scared of or you deny, you push away anything, anything, anything that seems quote unquote negative. Uh, Another one is when someone shares something tough with you, you automatically shut down the tough part and you only have space for the bright spots. You know, some example of how that can happen for us is if somebody is getting emotional, I remember one time having a really sensitive, vulnerable conversation with someone in a spiritual community. And the emotions that were coming up for me, the person told me like, Oh, that's just your ego. Well, yeah, it was my ego, but they were delegitimizing those really big feelings I was having in that moment and how much effort it took for me to open up to them in that moment. And they weren't taking responsibility for how maybe some of their actions had hurt me. So, yeah, that's what can happen for us when we kind of shut down the tough spot and we kind of focus on the bright spot or we kind of try to just focus on, you know, people are shoving down uh, invalidating emotional experiences Another one is you're convinced if you do more devotional practice, you'll be able to pray fast, meditate, yoga, whatever your practice of choice is, away the tough stuff in your life. All those pieces can be amazing coping tools, but they can't just erase the tough stuff. They're meant to give us resiliency so that we can then from there process in a healthy way the tough stuff, not avoid. You've been given some com- uncomfortable feedback is another example by several people in different areas of your life. And you're 100% convinced that the only problem is them, It's the people giving the feedback without reflecting on whether there might be some valid reasons or some valid reason to be curious about their perspectives. Another example is you have a tendency to jud- judge other people and maybe even cut large chunks of your social circle out as quote unquote toxic. That's really popular now in the kind of like people grow, um, you know, waking up to kind of the idea of narcissism and, um, those kind of concepts, which are, I mean, it's wonderful. It's great. Cause I, I didn't have those kind of, I didn't have that language when I was experiencing narcissism earlier in my life, um, with different people that I either was partnering with or interacting with in my life. Um, but there's a point where we can move into um an unhealthy way where we kind of take that term which has some legitimate grounding to it and then start to kind of label it to anyone that makes us uncomfortable. And we're not really kind of taking responsibility for eyesight our side of the street. That's kind of what I'm talking about when we kind of just cut people out. Um, so now granted, if you re- truly recognize, for example, that that you've been co-creating unhealthy relationships, you really realize like, oh, wow, I've been really co-creating unhealthy dynamics, unhealthy relationships in my life. That's a different story. And in that case, I would just say you you need to own and take responsibility for the co-creation process of that. But if you aren't recognizing your piece in the puzzle of unsupportive dynamics and you're just just only shutting people out. You know, imagine a large yellow sign blinking, I may be spiritually bypassing right now. Another example is you have a binary perspective on most issues of right versus wrong on your spiritual path. It's very kind of, you know, this is a cliche, Way of seeing it, but I'm not sure what else to say. But it's very much kind of like a this or that, a right or a wrong. You know, there's this very binary dynamic. And if that's kind of your perspective, that's something to be curious about. In your mind, you might be spiritually bypassing if you, there's like this hierarchy for you where the spirit is quote unquote higher, more valued. the other words I want to say worth your time rather than the human part of you and maybe you might even wonder why do I have to do this human thing I've had a lot of conversations with clients over the years who are like well why do I even have to do this human thing like why am I even here and I can empathize with that being human is really hard it's very tough but sometimes we can get into this trap in our spiritual path, if you're on one or our path of growth, where we can say, yeah, well, why am I doing this, you know, human thing, that the human thing is not worth my time. What's most worth my time is a spiritual thing. And they create this bifurcation whereby the spirit only exists in certain spiritual practices rather than the spirit being ever present in all the things. And we could talk about, you know, like the human experience as just simply being a program versus like, like there's a reason we're here. We incarnated for a reason. It's not not an accident. So all of those pieces for me are flags to be curious about and say like, you might be spiritually bypassing. And another one is you may have a sense of uh, or practice of escapism, either escaping into your spiritual practice from human life or literally trying to run away from your everyday experience. I've had a lot of calls with clients over the years who have said, like, I just feel like taking a backpack and backpacking around the world. Well, that may be coming from a, a really strong, intuitive place, or it could be coming from a place of escapism depending on when you trace the route back, like what's the underlying fee- feelings around that? What's the, What are the pieces that led up to that potential decision? What are you seeking? Like all of those pieces are really important because if you are simply trying to, if you're feeling uncomfortable with where you are and what's happening, and you're simply trying to escape it, I mean, I have to tell you, like if you go you know, halfway across the world to Bali, it's gonna find you. Like you'll you'll get past the excitement, and then the next thing you know, you'll be there with a backpack and everything you ran away from is still there. Cause it keeps creeping up. That's how this stuff happens. <laughs> so if any of this sounds like you, I wanna say, great, now you know. Now you know that spiritual bypassing might be something that's occurring for you. And with lots of love and compassion. Remember, like, I don't, I don't know many people that haven't done this to some degree. I really don't. So with lots of love and compassion, recognize most people fall into this trap on our path of spiritual growth and expiration. I in fact, think it's only natural given how we are socialized. And sometimes how spiritual teachings are transmitted and given how uncomfortable and brave it requires us to be to really dive into our shadow. You know, I take into consideration too that it's, it's, you know, quite fairly new that people are, um, openly talking about how they go to see a therapist, work with a coach, work with healers. Like it's quite a, a newer, quote unquote, newer process. At least I can speak for the context of the United States for people to be kind of a lot more open about that and to be seeking that rather than only, quote unquote, seeking it when times when, you know, maybe they think that um, they're really, really, really unwell, but people are now much more proactively engaging in those processes of mental and emotional and spiritual wellness, which I think is wonderful. So that's new, and and given that, there's still a lot of socialization that's happened for us around spiritual bypassing that I think really reinforces that. That's reinforced sometimes in the the quote-unquote new age spiritual community, although I think that that's slowly shifting. So love and compassion, love and compassion. I invite you to not blame yourself. Just know that it happens for many of us, and the reason why I'm doing this episode is it happened for me for a long time. So for now, if you feel inspired, you can start to shift this by making an intention, an intention to step by step, balance your pull to dive into your shadow and honor the natural fear that will pop up along the way. It's it's both because it's going to come. The fear is going to come and it's only natural and it's okay. So you don't have to like, push yourself, force yourself, rush yourself. None of those things. Just take baby steps, baby steps. And then, and as you're baby stepping, like lovingly honor the pace of, um, what you can support with alongside of like the fearful parts of you that will come up inevitably. And maybe take like one baby step outside of your comfort zone So it's like this edge of a balance, if that makes sense. What becomes available with our intuition when we finally decide to avoid the discomfort of shadow work? Well, this is why I'm doing this episode. I would say that we start to tend to, when we start to tend to our shadow, we can actually ground. Our intuition. What does that mean? That means that we don't live floating up outside of our body. We actually live in our body. We're actually more in the present moment. We are um, more awake for what's happening in our present life experience. We are more integrated as a being. We have more ability to trust our intuition because we have some healthy checks and balances built in along the way and can address the pitfalls of our ego. When we do shadow work, we create healthy checks and balances. I think that's important for all of us, healthy checks and balances. I mean, we're kind of failing in that on the political system right now in the United States. (laughs) We're supposed to have some great healthy checks and balances. I don't know what's going on with those right now. But you know, like that's what's needed for a healthy system. So we need that because the ego can be really tricky. It can really um, disguise itself in spiritual clothing, which I think a lot of times is what can happen in spiritual bypassing. So when we engage in, in shadow work, we we can develop these really healthy checks and balances with ourselves. It's not about taking ourselves down. It's not about judging ourselves, making ourselves into a bad person and guilt loops like that's not going to support us. What it is about is, is having healthy checks and balances and being willing to take responsibility for our side of the street and being willing to acknowledge when we make mistakes because we all make them. Um, being willing to acknowledge when something we do hurt someone, even if we didn't mean to. This means we're less likely to mix up when we do this, what our ego has to say with what our intuition and our inner wisdom has to say along the way it also means we're less likely to mix our ego with what our spirit guides our ancestors our power animals the nature spirits um akashic records whatever you're tapping into like all of those intuitive webs of life we're less likely to mix our ego with that if we develop a healthy relationship of Practicing shadow work, I think both is important. So our intuition gets clearer without self-doubt, push and pull, and other looping getting in the way when we practice shadow work. Our compassion for others and ourselves really widens because we come to realize not in theory, not in ideas, not in we hope tos, But really in an actual lived experience, just how human and fallible we all are, every single one of us. And I think there's something, at least for me anyways, there's something really beautiful about that when we finally acknowledge that there's like a softening that can happen, I think, inside of ourselves, towards ourselves when we make mistakes. And there's a softening that can happen with other people. And I mean, just speaking for myself, it's like, oh, it feels so much better. It feels so much better than before. I think a lot of spiritual bypassing can really um, interweave with perfectionism. And I know that that was the case for me. So, this gives us more grace for when we inevitably make mistakes and when others in our lives accidentally hurt us along the way. We all accidentally hurt each other. We do. We don't mean to, but we do. It's just kind of. You know, part of the human experience of different needs bumping up against different needs, different wants bumping up against diff- different wants, different lived experiences bumping up against different lived experiences, worldviews, perspectives, etc. Um, intentional hurt—that's a different story, right? So I'm in this context. I'm talking about the inevitable accidental hurt that we can really have a lot of greater compassion for that, um, both for ourselves when we accidentally do that and for others when they accidentally do that for us. I think that that's cornerstone to developing healthier partnerships, relationships, friendships, family relationships. Um, yeah, we all make mistakes. I also think that we catch ourselves when we trip sooner, when we have a shadow practice, which means that hopefully we do less harm to ourselves in the wider world around us, and we can ultimately embody more of our wholeness because we we incarnated as humans to experience the human experience. It's not about escaping the human, delegitimizing it, running away from it, lessening it. None of those things. It's about valuing the human and the spirit sides of ourselves, our being, and honoring both, both sides' wisdom along the way. And I really think that when we practice shadow work along with developing our intuition, not only do we develop a clearer intuitive voice inside of ourselves, but we also then therefore learn how to be really seated in, grounded in, and comfortable with the human and the spirit sides of life, which are both necessary and both have important roles. So if you're curious about how to start tending to your shadow, check out my last episode, episode nine, called Working With Our Shadows. In that episode, I share three ways you can start practicing with your shadow. And next time, I'll be exploring the ancient past parts of our shadow past lives and ancestral patterns. I've already received some requests from listeners to cover this topic, so make sure you don't miss it. If you have a question that you'd love to see me answer um, on air and or a topic you want me to cover, go to Marcy Moberg, my first and last name, M-A-R-C-I-M-O-B as a boy, E-R-G as a george.com forward slash podcast. And you scroll to the bottom of the page and there's a place at the bottom of the page where you can submit your questions. And I would love to hear from you. Um, yeah, I'd love to have some future episodes connect to questions that you have and topics you want me to cover. So get ready for next time, past lives and ancestral patterns. Thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you so much for tuning in today with me on my podcast. Tune in with Marcy. I hope you loved this episode and it enriches you as much as it has for me to create it. If you enjoyed the podcast, I would be so grateful for you to hop on over to Apple Podcasts, share your rating, and leave a review. Ideally, five stars. That way, more people can find this podcast, which would be wonderful. Make sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts so you don't miss a single episode. And you can always learn more about me and my work at my website, www.marcymoberg.com. That's my first and last name, .com. Until next time, remember, being you takes courage. Lots of love.